The federal government yesterday, the federal liberals releasing their budget, and it features all kinds of new spending, $22.8 billion in new spending and an increase in deficit. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago in this country where deficit was a dirty word, but these days it does not seem to be that. At least the liberals are banking on it not being a dirty word. Here is the finance minister talking about his deficit spending approach. Our government outlined the top priorities of Ontario families and businesses in a letter to Federal Finance Minister Bill Morneau a few weeks ago, and we have seen insufficient action. The federal government is threatening manufacturing and small business jobs. Apologies, that is, of course, uh, Vic Fideli uh, complaining about the federal budget, which, you know, surprise, surprise. I think I think everybody would have fallen off their chairs if he'd said, hey, Bill, nice budget. I like it. Uh, let's see if we can get Bill Morneau talking more again about the deficit right here. The opposition would like to see us make cuts very rapidly. Their idea is balance the budget at any costs. Well, if we had taken that approach in 2015, we would not be where we are today with a better outcome for middle-class Canadians. We'd be in a more difficult spot. So this raises the question about whether or not politically Canadians will uh, accept deficits because that is the gamble that the federal liberals are making. But what about deficit spending? What does the government actually believe? Does does the government believe that eventually deficits must be wrestled under control? Here is, again, Bill Morneau. First and foremost, though, we want to make sure that we make the investments that give people the optimism for the future. And that is our first priority. And the good news is that approach has clearly worked. We have a a much better situation for Canadians with better job numbers, with uh, fewer people struggling to get by than we had three and a half years ago. We're going to keep investing in the future in that way. So there you have it. It, it, Investing is, is the term used for often for deficit spending. We have certainly seen that in this province before. And I'm interesting to compare the liberal budget, the Ontario liberal budget from last year, a pre-election budget as well, that was a little bit of everything for everybody, big spending and uh, increase in deficit. And voters here in this province roundly rejected that. To get the perspective on what this means financially, in terms of the economy, in terms of spending on deficit, because many people are talking, you know, debt to uh, the debt ratio to GDP and whether or not that is something that is important. David McDonald is the senior economist at the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives and joins me now. And, and David, how important are deficits uh, from a financial and economic point of view? Well, uh, when you calculate the GDP equation, one of the portions of that GDP equation is deficit. So the larger the deficit, the larger your GDP. So there's a direct relationship between how much governments uh, spend more than they take in and the size of your uh, of your GDP. Um, in terms of the federal picture, uh, the the debt. Uh, the, the deficit running at about $20 billion for the next several years, well, of course, that's an astronomical amount for an individual person. It's actually not that large for the Canadian economy, which is a $2 trillion economy uh, and comes in at about 1% of GDP. Uh, and the economy is growing and has been growing for some time. And as a result, um, the debt is relatively shrinking, interestingly, when we relate it to the size of the economy, which is that debt-to-GDP ratio, uh, that's actually uh, falling over the course of this time frame. And so the relative debt 
to the size of our economy is is falling and, and shouldn't, I don't think, be of any concern really to Canadians. I mean, there are other sectors in the economy besides the federal government, uh, and those sectors always run deficits. And in many cases, they're much larger than the federal government's deficit. So, for instance, if we look at households in the last year, the deficit that they ran uh, was about $90 billion. Uh, and when we, we look at um, uh, corporations, the corporate side, their deficit was about $140 billion. Uh, now, so if you look at households, for instance, the reason why they have a deficit is they're, they're buying more houses than they're paying off as a, as a sector. Uh, and so that's actually much larger. Their debt is increasing much more quickly uh, than the federal government's debt, which is in the $20 billion range. That is David McDonald, who's senior economist for the Canadian Centre of Policy Alternatives. And stay with us, uh, David, because these are the Daves I know I know, because David Aiken now joins me on the line from Ottawa. He's the chief political correspondent for Global News. And David, uh, Ottawa, David, could you take me through the political calculations now on deficit spending for the federal Liberals? Yes, it was good to hear from the other David because David and I spent uh, we spent the budget lockup uh, together yesterday. So David, hello, good to see you again. Um, the political calculus here, of course, is that the all the spending uh, or the bulk of the spending that was announced yesterday, the new spending, all comes, of course, after the federal election, and it's all for some new spending programs to help students, to help first-time home buyers, to help seniors, you name it. And so quite clearly, the Liberals are saying, listen, this is our campaign document. Re-elect us, and we continue with these spending programs. We possibly improve on them. We'll explain them in more detail down the road. But if you elect somebody else, then these spending programs may be at risk. Uh, so, and the other implication there is also saying, uh, Canada, we don't think you care that much about these small deficits. We, we think you care more about program spending. So rather than balance budgets and get rid of deficits, we're going to do program spending. It's not, in reality, it's not that black and white. We can have balanced budgets and still have program spending, et cetera, et cetera. But essentially, that's the political choice that's uh, clearly going to force the conservatives to sort of talk about what they quote-unquote might cut. But I'm interested in the flank that the uh, liberals left themselves on the left, on the progressive side, um, in that, and, and David was very helpful with this yesterday, on the housing front, uh, is this really going to help a whole lot of first-time home buyers who've been struggling with affordability? Probably not, because uh, what the government did is boost the demand side of the equation, really didn't do much on the supply side, and plain old economics, you increase demand without doing much about supply, you tend to put prices up. So, uh, you know, think about the greater Toronto area. Um, prices are an issue, and uh, the government really didn't do anything on prices. So the NDP is going to take on that. National Pharmacare, if you're looking for the Liberals to do that, it's going to be, you know, three, four, five, six years down the road. New Democrats are saying we can do that a lot quicker, and it ought to be done a lot quicker. And I'm going to come back to child care. That was an issue last year. It's been an issue for the New Democrats for a while. There was money in last year's budget from the Liberals to give to parents for child care. But just as with housing, if you increase demand without worrying about supply, you got a problem. And so the New Democrats and progressive voters, they'd like to see a national child care program. So then you get three good things for New Democrats' campaign on, national pharmacare, child care, and more housing affordability. So big opportunity for uh, Jugmeet Singh. Uh, political, David, I, one more question for you before, before I get back to uh, economist, David. Um, I, I'm not sure if you heard, uh, I, I was. I know you joined us on the line, I was talking about the comparison between this budget from the federal liberals and the most recent Ontario liberal budget that, of course, was defeated in the election. And it was also a deficit spending and a little bit of 
you know, everything for everybody. And the complaint was, well, of course, this is trying to bias votes. I, I get that, the, you know, there's a difference between 15 years of liberal rule in Ontario and a single term federal liberal government. But do you think that there is, considering that Ontario is so vote rich and so riding rich, do you think that there's any comparisons to be made there? I don't think so, because I think Ontario's finances were in such, and still are, in such perilous shape. I mean, Ontario's debt really is uh, significant. Uh, it's, uh, I think, the largest subnational jurisdiction, largest debt of a subnational jurisdiction in the world. It's huge. And uh, as anybody will tell you, economist David or political David, uh, you know, the deficits are still in federally relatively small. Our debt as a percentage of our economy is very healthy compared to our peers. So we probably have the room to do some small deficits. Uh, you know, I think that would be the, the consensus um, economy view. And on the spending side, I really don't think the spending is that large. I mean, it's, you, you, Alan, you and I have seen governments, and yes, the Liberals in Ontario were a good case in point, where they're opening the floodgates. Floodgates weren't really opened. It's, it's some very modest spending programs, I think, if you sort of compare things historically. And I think more important, particularly for Ontario voters, if they're thinking about federal finances, it's the carbon tax. And we've seen Premier Ford talk about this. And, of course, with the federal liberals, it's not the carbon tax, it's the carbon rebate. I just filled up my tax form. I'm an Ontario resident. And sure enough, there was a few hundred extra bucks for me from the federal government for their car- climate uh, Climate, whatever they they have some crazy bureaucrat <laughs> name for it. I call it the carbon tax rebate. All right, all right. Politi- political David, I I I I got to give uh, economic David a, a, a last shot at this because we're almost out of time. And my question to you is: uh, Is there anything to worry for the average listener out there? Say, I don't like this deficit spending. You said you know deficit to G- or spending to D- GDP not an issue. Do you think this is not an issue? And we're running out of time here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think this is anything in particular to worry about. Interestingly, while, while provincial debt is certainly going up, federal debt is going down. And we actually saw a couple of years ago, for the first time in Canadian history, federal debt being lower than combined provincial debt as the feds download some of their programs onto the provinces. And the big growth programs like healthcare, for instance, become a provincial problem, not a federal problem. Um, and so I think that one of the key parts of this budget is certainly there are some new programs that weren't terribly expensive. Um, but one of the things that budget, this budget didn't do was it didn't build in a big chunk of fiscal room that other people could use, other parties could use in this upcoming election. Uh, and I think that's one of the lessons that the Liberals may have learned over the course of the last 10 years. For instance, their Canada Child Benefit was only really possible because the Conservatives promised an enhancement to the Universal Child Care Benefit that was then cannibalized in the election to create the Canada Child Benefit. So when you create big programs right before an election, yeah, you might implement them, but somebody else might raid them for their own purposes. And so I think the Liberals are keeping their powder dry for some, to some uh, extent uh, in terms of the big programs potentially being in the election platform and not necessarily in the budget. David McDonald, Senior Economist for Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, and David Aiken, the Chief Political Correspondent for Global News. Solid work, both Daves. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, bye.